Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss what leadership looks like in the modern insurance business. We talk to insure tech leaders and founders, innovators and change agents from the insurance industry. We also talk to thought leaders from outside the industry, such as organizational psychologists, performance coaches and investment professionals. Anyone who can add value to the conversation on how to lead insurance businesses of the future. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky today to be joined by Matthias, who is CEO of Companion. Um, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Alex. Uh, great to, to be here with you. Um, yeah, looking forward to a great discussion. Good stuff. Well, look, um, I always like to kick things off by um, um, allowing you to introduce the business um, and, and giving the most accurate representation of the business before I, before I make a terrible attempt at it. So it'd be great if you could under, uh, explain, uh, you know, the companion business model and, and, and what you guys do. Yeah, sure. So uh, as you as you nicely introduced me, I'm CEO of Companion and I'm also the founder, co-founder of Companion about two and a half roughly three years ago. Um, what does Companion actually do, do? So we're actually here to surprise our customers and to change the way people think about insurance. How are we doing this? We basically want to support our business partners uh, and customers in their, in their daily lifestyle. Most of these customers are actually millennials. They live in a digital world um, and they're looking for solutions that help them um, supporting their daily, uh, their daily needs, being providing flexibility, uh, being providing them certain insurance covers, being just supporting them when life actually happens. And we do this obviously through, as we call it, embedded solutions that are usually embedded in the offering of our business partners, um, um, sales channels uh, or supporting the products they're actually selling. Mm -hmm. That's basically what we do uh, for a living, quite mm -hmm. successfully. Um, good, thank you. So, I mean, embedded, if I would say parametric was probably the uh, buzzword of uh, the start of 2021, 2020. Um, I, I'd say that 2022... Um, is, is already probably being the uh, buzzword of uh, embedded. Uh, it's probably it's probably more conversations around that than any other. Um, what's specifically unique to what Companion is offering is is it is it the insurances you're targeting? Is it is your is it your specific like your customer? Um, what's particularly different about about your specific angle on embedded solutions? So the way we design the solutions uh, are purely customer driven. So we're trying to understand with our business part. So first of all, we are B2B business, starting with that. Mm -hmm. B2B2C, meaning we support our business partners to meet their customer needs in whatever shape or form. And by doing so, obviously, we try always to come from the customer and customer's end of what are they looking for, what are their needs, what are their desires. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. In this world where we're living in at the moment, there's a day looking for flexibility, meaning cancellation is a key buzzword these days. So we're providing all these cancellation products. Second in that thing, they want to have security and transparency, meaning you know they don't want to have any hidden T's and C's that prevent them if something actually happens. So as a simple example, uh, you know, we provide uh, all our solutions are actually include and have always been including a certain COVID cover. 
for instance. You know, uh, we pro provide also our products are very easy to understand. So there's full transparency. There's no hidden things, etc. And we love claims. Another piece. So our processes and our setups are designed the way that we actually fulfill the promise uh, and not kind of make it very cumbersome for the end customer and afterwards, if something actually happens. Uh, that they get their pay or their support or whatever. So, so we love claims uh, on that end, and that's where the I would call uh, you mentioned the parametric piece also kicks in. Is all our products are end to end fully fully designed through because we are besides distributing the things we actually also are the underwriter that allows us actually to make that promise happen uh, that allows us to have products designed which are very high claims frequency so for delay products for instance we pay on every fifth or sixth flight for instance which is amazing uh, for for the end customer or we also kind of support the engagement of our business partners customers on a day-to-day -day business which is usually one of the key things why they also use us as their main provider I hope mm -hmm. that explains. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting to me that obviously you made the decision to be a full stack insurer from from the outlay. Um, uh, was there ever a consideration to sort of perhaps just offer the technology or uh, or, or offer the same solution, but with um, because obviously going full stack that's that's a that's a much harder thing to kind of get off the ground. You've cho you've chosen the big the big challenge, uh, the big meaty challenge version of this. But did you consider another um, another method? Uh, actually, from the right from the beginning, it was clear that we had to have the insurance underwriting capabilities to be actually be a trustful partner. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to live the dream of uh, saying, you know, we want to have a really straight through hassle free uh, new way of uh, insurance works, you have to f completely redesign the product. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, it won't happen. It's like designing if you go an analogy and say designing a, a new way of car should operate, take Tesla as an example. If they just have taken a standard classical um, yeah, you know, gas-driven car uh, and then just explain, exchange it with an with a electric uh, engine uh, and not changing everything else, it's different. Huh? So mm -hmm. same thing we do. So we design, the only way to actually be able to do that, you have to design end-to-end all, this, all the elements of an insurance solution, uh, being it in the underwriting, being it and also in the claims process. You need to think about how you actually uh, track on where you get third-party data for at the beginning, once you design the product, not at the end when you actually have the claim, for instance. And all to all this, it is actually of utmost importance that you actually have the capability to underwrite and also to take fast decisions. In the new world, it's not like, you know, you design insurance solution uh, uh, and then you basically have it valid out there for one year. Then the terms and conditions stay, the pricing comes in a little pricing sheet, etc., and that's done then for a year. And then you see how it operates. The new world does it completely different. You want to... Um, test out what the customer actually expects. You want to test out like what is actually uh, required from the customer side. And they give it pretty, pretty direct feedback, being it uh, you know, directly in chats or just on their buying behaviors on how they buy certain, uh, certain coverages uh, or solutions. So what you actually need to do is to, you need to fast test all the time to be able to meet the, the current customer's lifestyles and needs. And by the way, that has changed completely over the last 24, year, 24 months. Um, 
as we do, uh, you know, by yearly or twice a year, basically a customer survey with over 5,000 customers, you know, you actually see how that has changed to, you know, accepting a certain, um, uh, as a, I would say, a certain uh, um, cumbersomeness to expecting a much more uh, highly flexible setup. Uh, the, the needs have shifted to much more flexibility, to much more transparency also on the other end to understand what is really covered and what not, uh, etc. And to do that, um, to actually have to have the capability to make decision what you're on the right and what not, to make decision on you know how fast can you change prices, how fast can you adapt your product, and we can adapt our products within days, weeks, max, to do that. We can run two, three tests at the same time, uh, iterate them, iterate them to have the best result for our business partners and their customers. Mm-hmm. Is that why, um, or is that why? As a sort of leading question, but. Um, with sort of digitally native um, insurance offering, you know, such as Companion, um, it, it's it, it's interesting. There's a couple of things I always kind of like uh, wanted to pick up. Is essentially that people's lifestyles change. So we're actually talking about not just offering um, ex- existing covers in a different way. We we actually talk about offering covers that didn't exist without these uh, kind of unique combinations of embedded insurance and parametric. Um, I'm thinking particularly. I, I think whether um, you know, sort of weather or climate related, um, you know, if it rains on a sporting event or if it rains on an event, I, I think that sort of cover, um, you know, something that everyone's kind of been after, but haven't been able to kind of work um, in a practical sense. Um, can you build a moat around these sorts of offerings? Um, or do you think someone will, will really own this space in a way that insurance uh, offerings of the past, the incumbent insurance have, have been able to do? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of interested to sort of see whether we think we're kind of competing or we're kind of, we're really sort of talking about new coverages that, that we can own the relationship of because we've kind of, we can leave some of the kind of existing uh, traditional insurance to, to the sort of incumbent insurer class. Well, I would say it's both. Um, so yeah, basically you have, I would say you have three, three stacks on this. So you have to, I would, as, as, as in at the beginning of, of this chat, um, you also mentioned the word add-on insurance. Add-on insurance exists for many, many years already. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing new. Mm. Um, but it, what it basically was, as we call it, an insurance 1.0 setup, meaning you take an existing traditional product, you might slice and dice it a bit, and then you sell it online. Mm-hmm. Um, then over the last couple of years now, last three, four years, we started to actually make this event specific, meaning, you know, you you reduce the time span of having a yearly coverage to a month. And now we are down to, which we also do, obviously, is like daily coverage on travel, um, you know, daily uh, cancellation on certain things with reasons. While all these things still kept the claims process the old way it always has been. Yeah, you're sending a proof in, people look at that either manually or digitally, it doesn't matter. Um, and then it gets uh, processed. So that's that that space still exists and that space still will exist. It might be just a little different the way you do it. So they, these kind of setups. Then you have probably new covers, um, which uh, allow you, given the latest technology, which are purely data-driven, using third-party data, being it on the delay side, uh, you know, delay on arrival guarantees uh, or departures, etc. Just to, to to mention a few things, uh, having a certain sunshine guarantee in whatever shape or form, they are quite interesting uh, solutions. Just 
not just the soccer game around the corner um, that you that you could think of. And then there is the the third piece, which we then uh, moving step and step into this is the I would say more the uh, the blockbuster product of the traditional of the traditional uh, uh, insurers. So imagine a world where you're actually taking a simple example, taking your digital nomads these days. Yeah, mm-hmm. they know you know when they're at home and when they're not at home. So you can actually adjust your premium based on when they're at home and not at home, mm-hmm. uh, which then moves more and more and more into the traditional way of of how uh, you know where you have uh, I would say the high revenue products in the traditional space. You could mm-hmm. do the similar things for car insurance or motors. The same thing you could look at in a pretty sim- similar way, and the way it gets distributed is also uh, kind of uh, exactly that. You can distribute these products and afterwards through your phone, meaning through your telecompany telephone company uh, you can even to your um, company that provides you with gas and electricity uh, or any other one you could think of so that will change also in the in in the more traditional ways of product lines as you as you mentioned does this happen already absolutely so we are not the first ones in europe in this thing so if you look a little bit around probably a little bit more east uh, and sometimes also a little bit more west you actually see that that is already happening so mm-hmm. these are things you could also uh, invent. Is it happening today today? Probably not. Tomorrow, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm glad you said it, actually, because I, I think a lot of um, time we've, we've had guests on the podcast who talk about embedded solutions and... Um, you know, there's there's been a lack of acknowledgement that sort of the add-on insurance is 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 the sort of yeah version one of, of this type of uh, coverage. And, and how do you? Th- I appreciate it's probably all in the customer experience, but um, I want to talk about the kind of culture of the customer. So to a certain extent, do you think there's a cynicism around buying insurance, and and how do you overcome that? Um, because until someone claims to a certain extent. Um, do you think the consumer sees the difference? Um, because essentially, you know, for example, flight cancellation cover has always been there. You can always kind of click, yes, I want that cover. Um, we're talking about a better, more efficient, more kind of bespoke version of, of that. Um, but how do you deal with that kind of customer perception of buying these types of products? So insurance is actually probably not the most popular word uh, you would we would use in in that sense, um, and that you're absolutely right. Huh? Uh, because each time you think about that, you know we have all this kind of uh, um, things in mind. Usually you pay something, then you know I'm kept for the next three five years because they're usually three five year long contracts. Uh, if something happens, I usually need to wait. Uh, um, you know, three months, six months, if they pay at all, or if nothing happens, um, I basically paid for the last next five years. And why should I do that? Mm-hmm. Obviously, that that's usually the perception. And the reason for this is very also simple, because obviously, you know, also the, the, the structure of a classical product is exactly that way. Um, that it's designed for. Huh? Once you actually have something, you're actually glad to have it. Huh? 
Yeah, so, but that's only in one of 500 cases, the case. So where you actually feel the difference. So that's what we fundamentally change. And that's, I guess, why we're we not talking about insurances. We actually talk about solutions. Um, that's why we have, as I said, we love claims. That's why we have designed our approach in a way that you not get paid every 200th time, but we actually paid every sixth or seventh time to actually feel the difference. Um, that why we cover just one single event. So you don't have to lock yourself in for a year um, to do so, um, et cetera. And, that's, and you don't have to wait another three months to get paid or not, because it's basically parametric, as you said at the beginning. Um, so we can decide basically on the spot, or technology can decide on the spot to do that, mm-hmm. which gives you a fundamentally different way of how we operate, also in a fundamentally different way how we can interact with the customer. Because usually, uh, you know, traditional product is fire and forget. You buy it yep. and hopefully nothing happens. And five years later, somebody calls and says, you should renew your contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we changed that by we also kind of saying, you know, assuming you have a monthly cover or a couple of days cover, if something, even if not something happens, so there's, there's no damage, nothing. We congratulate you that that didn't happen. So you have a much more interactional setup than you have today, which get, brings you top of mind of all the business partners, which they love because all of a sudden you have a solution or a setup that generates much more positive interactions with your end customers. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's the fundamental difference. And yeah. not, not talking about the transparency we actually offer, you, you know exactly what you get and overall it's much cheaper way than the other because you just buy when you need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think touch points with the customer has always been a bit of an issue from insurance as you as, as you as you touched on there you know you, you should buy it you hope you don't use it you never engage and then if you do engage it's usually because it's well it's usually because you're having a negative experience so um uh, but i mean just getting that claims piece right I, I think in itself um is is enough but but you don't want every customer to have a claim just so you can interact with them <laughs> just so you can impress them you know um um uh, I wanted to sort of go back to the sort of regulatory environment. Um, where are you kind of, uh, what, what's the limitations at the moment in terms of kind of your geographic reach? Um, where, where are your kind of um, operating well, markets? So, so we, we're operating all across Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we, op- we are fully licensed uh, in, uh, in, in Ireland, um, both as an underwriter and insurance company. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, regulated by the CBI, as well as a distribution set up um, in the same territories, sure. and that allows us to operate all across uh, all across Europe, uh, and we cooperate also with other FGAs to do so. So that gives us actually quite a broad span of of how we can distribute stuff uh, and how we operate with that. So that's, I guess, the setup we 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 running with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know this. Um... Uh, it was mentioned ahead of this meeting that you know this this type of embedded model and personalized hyper personalized insurance has been very successful in Asia. Um, why do you think uh, the region specifically like welcomes this kind of type of engagement in the insurance industry? Um, is there something culturally happening there? Has uh, the digitalization of banking uh, been faster there? Um, is, is, is this specific to the region that you think is kind of um, open the door to the, the more kind of embedded slash parametric model that you're, you're operating? Well, probably it's a combination of four or five factors. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, obviously there is a, a large amount of, a large number of people, or the, pretty big population 
that uh, allows you to drive digital uh, business businesses uh, because it's at the end also a numbers game mm-hmm. um, meaning you know you need a certain amount of people that actually make it scalable mm-hmm. so that's one uh, second it's a fast growing uh, area or fast growing region over time that is usually very good to try out new things so basically mm-hmm. because you don't eat into somebody else's cake you actually can conquer new spaces which helpful. Uh, thirdly, uh, I would argue uh, it's less uh, insurance uh, driven, or let's say let's over-insured as Europe might be over the past. So there's much less covers out there. And thirdly, uh, I would also say that some of the business platforms over there are uh, quite innovative and, and, and quite fast growing, which is probably different in Europe than, uh, than in Asia. And that probably that combination allows you to uh, try out things completely different uh, in a way um, to, to, to do that. Um, because obviously there's also not that much, how you say, um, large incumbents that uh, have, you know, which are each and every one of us, two, three, four, five policies for the next five years, uh, different concepts. So, so that allows you to do a lot of innovation and a lot of testing and setups and they've done this quite successfully mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's an interesting testing ground for for sort of against the sort of european piece how do you penetrate um a market like europe and uh, i appreciate that's a huge you know you've got so many different geographies there that have sort of different relationships with it with the insurance um but in kind of the, the broadest possible strokes you know it's a very mature market it's got a mature relationship with insurance um how do you specifically penetrate that market with with which were outside looking in like you and i are talking insurance at a, a kind of well you at an expert level and, and, and me slightly above amateur level and, and 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 so therefore we kind of understand the nuances of this but but from a consumer's perspective how do you penetrate those markets where they've got such established players well um you mean the underwriters or you mean the business part i, I suppose i suppose it's a, i suppose this is more for your business partners in terms of kind of where they where they sort of um, drive that um but I suppose mainly to change that question slightly then. Um, how I have you seen that? I can answer yeah. that. That's a simple. So I just was not sure which one you're talking about. No, no, no. But it's, it's an interesting point. But if you're open to answering it, I, I, I might yeah, yeah. So, ask so, a so, follow up so, question. Look, actually. I, I can give you that answer. That's, so there, there's, there's some good things to be in Europe because, as we said at the beginning, add on insurance has been around for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So they all understand how the, let's say, add on insurance world ticks mm-hmm. so then you could argue like okay do we there's no room for a companion because there's plenty of large traditional players that do add-on insurance so the thing is they all now realize that they actually their current processes and their current way of go to market with their own products i mean the business partners products is fundamentally different than the old style way of how to do business with a classic insurance setup meaning doesn't matter who you take if you take you know the large entertainment platforms if you take the large booking platforms if you take the large event platforms doesn't matter who you take um, they all operate in a new way of or in a modern way of how to interact and test out with your clients mm-hmm. meaning um, you know you, you try out things you do UX testing etc 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 in a in a in an agile mode I know that's also a 
you know, a very stretched word uh, over the last five to ten years. But what it basically means is you you, you run A/B testing all the time. You know, you, mm. you kind of alter your products and offerings all the time. So now all of a sudden you have this mentality moving forward at large scale, and you have a classical traditional product uh, as an add-on space, which kind of doesn't fit into that thinking anymore. Mm. And that's offers us quite a good entry door um, to be fair because we actually can do all this so we can uh, change uh, the decencies uh, as we are the underwriters we can change the prices up and down we can change the geographies by country uh, the different underwriting criteria if we want uh, accordingly so we can fulfill all these needs given we are completely born digitally and operate exactly in the same way and have the authority to actually underwrite it ourselves so this mm-hmm. is this is actually a very good entry door for us, um, as many others. But that's uh, an obvious one. So I thought I mentioned that. Yeah, no, sure. And the follow-up question that I was going to sort of change my question to slightly was that um, I was going to ask you if if, if uh, any of your partners have done anything particularly innovative, i.e., had they offered something unusual in terms of cover that they've come to you with, or um, are they any sort of promoting the cover in, in, in a slightly more unusual way um, because there's so much change happening in this space and I, I, think, I think it seems to be sort of imagination is almost the kind of limitation on, on where this goes so I wonder if there's anything particularly innovative that you've spotted um, with your partners that, that that's caught your eye well um, I guess well, some of them are I would say very innovative uh, there's some couple of things will come out this year that you wouldn't have thought about you could do um, uh, on, on that sense. And then you have other things like our minute match product, for instance, which you wouldn't have thought of, which is, I guess, also well known in the market now or mm-hmm. uh, zero uh, or basically no exclusion products, which we also offer, which are which you would have thought a year ago wouldn't be possible. We were the first ones to actually do them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the stuff like that, which is uh, which which is I guess quite a unique setup uh, in, in that way, and also on the weather side there will be some very I would say great innovations coming uh, along the way I guess for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, the the sort of the basis of kind of embedded insurance is obviously for your partners, it offers a, an additional revenue stream. Um, but there seems to be a, a large part of, of, of certainly the kind of uh, promotional aspect of, of companion and the website is, is about kind of improvement of the customer experience. Um, obviously it offers most partners both, but is there a kind of sense of, of what's driving um, most of your partners to kind of add this on? Because um, this sort of customer experience piece and ownership of customers seems to be kind of the most heavily emphasized piece. So I wondered if it do, do some partners approach you with a bit of an either or, 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 or they, they always looking for both um, uh, what's kind of driving those relationships? Um, well, I would say that depends a bit where you where the different partners are positioned and what they what they want to achieve in 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 any of these things. Um, what it it definitely does it uh, it it significantly improves your NPS scores. Uh, so that um, that's clear. Uh, it allows us as allows you to as a business partner to interact much much more with your end customers in a very positive way um, it also sometimes fulfill the promise of what you're living for and stand for or it just makes your life it makes the life of the end customer easier or you just you know are reminded that you have a cover 
with a certain uh, with a certain setup. Simple example: if you have a credit card, we all have actually purchase protection, but nobody mm. thinks about that they have it. So why shouldn't you remind your customers regularly that you have it? So there are several uh, several very positive uh, setups, which then also allows you. Given the way we operate, is we try to fuel the ecosystems of our partners. So, meaning all the revenue streams, all all the financial streams should go actually through our partner. So they own the end customer, to be clear, um, and that kind of fuels their ecosystem, which makes them more top of mind. Um, where they're all fighting for. You want to be top of mind of your end customer, being if you're a near bank, if you're a travel provider, if you if you. Um, you want to be top of mind uh, and every of these positive interactions allow you for that. So that's why we also kind of fuel back all the revenue streams into their ecosystem to make sure that, you know, the customer stays there and that creates at the end uh, more satisfaction. As I said, NPS scores goes up, um, more returning customers for them, which meaning then at the end also more revenues just on their side without the stuff we might pay them. Mm. Um, talking about uh, customer experience, um, one of the things that, uh, parametrics allows you to do I'm, I'm probably thinking particularly about travel um uh, and i was asking i was wondering about the client's experience so you've obviously got these instantaneous uh, parametric style payment um but one of the challenges with travel is that if i want to travel to let's say spain for a specific time um i still want to get to spain so so getting paid is is great but kind of um do do any of your partners offer kind of a, a sort of a, a different result uh, a sort of alternative kind of travel or is it always kind of just on on receiving the money back um well that that really depends a bit on how you the solution should work so there are there are different options as uh, so there is uh, obviously the cashback option which is already something <laughs> um depends also the way why you had to cancel your trip and their partners can say like you know then they will take care of a rebooking of that setup which we will not provide sure. um, um but that they are both options actually to even today already available so yeah. that's that's part of the of their value proposition then where we will be part of their ecosystem sure sure and and, and from a practical sense I, I wanted to get an understanding of how quickly you could kind of spin up a partnership um you know a, 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 and i know I, Clearly, it's dependent on the offering and the, and the product suite and the partner. Um, but what's the kind of minimum time that you could you could provide an embedded solution um, that's let's say it's something bespoke and slightly uh, you know not on the on the kind of suite of products that you've already kind of engaged with other people. So probably would uh, so assuming we have signed the contract, always done. So sure, yes. Um, so I would say very simple. So to 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 connect you with us on a standard off-the-shelf product four weeks max fully that means uh fully tested up and running um and ready to do high loads of data transactions um if you then say okay we need uh, a little bit of amendments changes probably six weeks uh, uh max eight uh, to go live then huh? uh, if you then want to fundamentally uh, have a, your own product in whatever shape or form that it might take a little mm -hmm. longer, but mm -hmm. uh, usually our, our product cycles are very, very fast. And that includes, as I said, the whole security setup, the whole data testing setup, the whole load testing, etc., which is also key in this kind of in, in, in this world. Mm -hmm. I mean, our security standards on the cybersecurity is really, really high. We belong to top 5% globally. Um, NTT provides uh, us with all that data security, um, which uh, we live up to because the trust that people have in us needs to be protected. So that might take a couple of days. 
yeah, that's sure. it. So very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenally fast. Phenomenally fast. And um, uh, I, I wanted to just, we, we were talking um, off camera, as it were, um, earlier. And I, di I did want to take us back, um, although nobody wants to relive the past 24 months particularly. But, um, you know, you, you, you launched, you had a little bit of a runway before the pandemic hit. But um, I'm, I'm always interested to know, uh, you know, what impact that had on the business from a business perspective good and bad and um, and but also did it did it involve any sort of pivoting from your kind of plans um that that kind of changed the business model at any point um well did it impact us on several dimensions absolutely yeah sure <laughs> did we anticipate it that long not at all um have we managed through it quite successfully absolutely so probably i can give you a little bit on all these uh, the flavor on all these points well obviously as we set up companion uh, and then uh, a couple of weeks later we all went into lockdown probably was not as we thought uh, that's uh, that's a great start um but it forced us to so in hindsight it forced us to do things completely different right from the beginning where we mm -hmm. still benefit from our all our processes are fully digital or our signatures we are a fully regular company so we have to sign stuff properly we have to make sure that all the policies are in place etc 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 we had to recruit people without seeing them um you now we had to design new interview guidance lines interview processes just to give you a few things how mm -hmm. to interact with authorities in a world where you cannot just go over and sign a contract or discuss something etc so that was probably a little bit more challenging at the beginning absolutely now it helps us because everything we have is purely digital and it works fully digital which is nice and makes us fast mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and we can work basically 24 7 out of any country in the world uh, that stays with you know you have to set up infrastructure that allows you to work from everywhere etc 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 so that's the benefit. The challenge, obviously, is as you all know, um, you know, building relationships uh, also with business partners is is much tougher if you do it over a video conference than you know sitting together and discussing this for two hours or three hours and seeing the reaction of the person and not just a nice face uh, on 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 that thing. So this is obviously makes uh, makes things a, a little bit more. Um, uh, a little bit more tougher for us. And obviously the pickup uh, of, or the challenges our business partners had, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, um, when you think about, you know, September, October, November, 2020, were quite severe. They fight for, or they fought for their survival, some of them. So uh, th then there's the various room then for companion, you could think mm -hmm. of. Uh, mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, we were able to take over um, some of their risks, which is, was highly appreciated by them and made them even more successful once it picked up a bit later, early 2021. So mm -hmm. that was a, that I would say were all the challenges uh, we were operating under while still trying to get uh, the license, the, the two licenses, which we got uh, in um, despite all the, let's say also the regulator had to change the way of working, which obviously was not easy for both sides to, to get that along the side. But it worked out well. So I would say there are a lot of challenges for us. Um, there are quite some good stuff uh, we can take on with. And uh, we also needed to change the way of, uh, you know, once we go back to the office and how do we, how does, how that, how, how that will work. Because mm. we have all now proven that we can actually work from home. Um, 
we still need to keep um, to make sure then there's this, uh, I would say, companion way of living or working, uh, the companion way of how we collaborate with each other, how we challenge each other, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the certain corporate culture you have. So there's a, there will be times where we get together. There will be times when we all work uh, from wherever people are uh, want to be. So that's probably also learning coming out of the last 24 months. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I asked that question because I'm always interested you know of, of the learnings and and you know i think universally we've had to think smarter um whereas you know it's very easy to sleepwalk into this is how we've always done it let's get an office let's you know uh, and and so kind of thinking about these things particularly you know the irony of being kind of such sophisticated business models you know it's all about digital kind of uh, nativeness and 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 you know people who are digitally fluent um that it kind of it seems obvious that this is the business structure you would have but but as we know in insurance it kind of took a pandemic to kind of kick that off and so uh, we're going to see much more of that um but look i i you know i, I always like to sort of finish and and i'm very conscious of your time on, on talking about 20 you know what's coming up in 2022 um i felt, felt like we touched on a few kind of innovative things that you weren't able to talk about because they're not quite live yet but in terms of what you are able to talk about, um, yeah, I'd love to kind of hear what's coming up for 2022 um, and, and what people should be aware of, because uh, I know I know you said you were hiring, so I kind of wanted to highlight that. You're always looking for good people. Um, but yeah, what's happening in 2022 people should look out for? Oh, a good question. Uh, so <laughs> um, obviously, obviously, uh, we were we were. Uh, we're lucky to get uh, the insurance top 100 award in 2021, which we obviously didn't expect at all. And we were quite, um, you know, it was very great surprise for us. Um, when I look for companion in 2022, obviously we will see, um, as you said, we hiring quite a bit of people um, because our biggest challenge is actually finding, uh, finding the right, the right talent. And that's probably also the, um, where the, 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 the biggest competition is to, to have the best people, which we are proud of to have, um, but also to keep them and also to grow the, grow the team significantly in one of the other uh, departments to make sure we can keep up the speed uh, and the development. Because as you rightly said, it's not made just by technology because at the end, it's more like who has the great ideas um, um, and the sparkling uh, setups that allow us to move as fast as we have done over the last two years. So um, in terms of um, uh, solutions, I guess there will be a quite some interesting solutions hitting the market again, as we did in 2021. And uh, we might come up with three, four other very interesting setups, which are hopefully a little bit mind boggling or surprising in whatever shape or form. And uh, I'm uh, also convinced that uh, we're going to continue to grow our base, not only in, in Ireland significantly, but all across Europe um, in whatever shape or form to, to do that. So there's quite, we're looking at a quite prosperous future if I, if I look at that at the moment, which is great, uh, which puts us also quite some responsibilities on our shoulders, you know that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but uh, we are happy to take on that challenge on the other end and uh, push forward as we did the last two years. So, and always, yeah. I'm sure there will be one or the other occasion to talk to you again because it's always good. It's great. Uh, and thanks for giving us the opportunity to actually have that chat. No, not at all. And 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 yeah, you, you, yeah. Congratulations on on listing on the uh, on the top one hundred. It was a it was a great um, great thing to see. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure there'll be more plaudits to come. Um, but look, thank you, Matthias. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate you being a guest on the Leadership Insurance Podcast. Thanks very much.
Thank you, Alex. Bye. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insurtech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.